0: Greetings, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency, Archbishop Alexander Sample. And as we talked about last week, really healing the whole person and this beautiful gift of spiritual fatherhood, I want to continue that that focus, but also how you care for the flock. And Archbishop, as we talk about the time that you have dedicated, this has been intentional for you to meet and to travel around the large expanse (laughs) of the Archdiocese of Portland to connect, to get to know the flock in which you're entrusted to, let's open this in prayer and just really reflect on some
2: of those visits. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are the source of all fatherhood and of all love for us, your beloved sons and daughters, in your Son, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to be with us during this radio broadcast and, and love us as a Father by opening our hearts and our minds to that love and that mercy, even through the words that we speak today. So, Father, we place this time in your hands asking you to lead it, guide it, and use it for the good of your people to give them an experience of your profound love for each one. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Well, Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I know
0: over the course of these programs, we've talked a little bit about your pastoral visits. And when you came, you know, over 10 years ago now to the Archdiocese of Portland, just to get to know from the coast, north, south, east, and west, there's a real diversity in the the sizes (laughs) of the communities, the different, whether it's in the city, in the farmland, on the coast, but you've really made it this part of your top priority to connect and to be mm-hmm. with the mission churches and with the schools give us a sense in just looking at this most recent mm-hmm. time in the South or Portland area South, South Portland, Christ the by King Caret, it, yeah. Saint John the Baptist uh, Saint Philip Benizi you know some of these John the Apostle I believe right, in Oregon and, City
2: and our uh, and Our Lady yes and yeah Oregon City yeah that that whole area
0: but what what do you think really fostered and fueled that desire? I really well, need to get yeah, out. Well, yeah, you
2: know, I, I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about this in a previous broadcast or not, but if, if I can't remember it, I'm sure our <laughs> listeners can't right. either. Uh, but, you know, these began, uh, I think, back in, in 2017 or 18. I, I started thinking really about uh, what, 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 did, what do the people need in the church today from their bishop? Uh, the, 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 quite honestly, the, the credibility of the bishops had been pretty much destroyed through, uh, of course, we have the whole sexual abuse scandal, but it kind of was recharged, if you will, with the whole McCarrick affair and the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report, and gosh, this was all back in the news, and people were just so discouraged and demoralized. I was, quite honestly. I I just was, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, how much more of this can we take, oh, Lord, you know? And, but I really was really feeling that the people of God, they are really losing hope and trust uh, with their bishops, quite honestly, you know, and and how do we restore that, or at least how do we tr- begin to restore that? The wounds are deep. And what came kept coming to me in prayer was, uh, and the Lord I just felt was placing this on my heart, what, what the people need is is closeness. They need your closeness. They need you to make more of an effort to, to be with them so they get to know you and that you, more importantly, that you get to know yeah. them. So that was happening in, in a personal level. I, you know, I think at the point I was starting to think about this, I think I was facing you know, 16 more years as a bishop. Uh, I, I only have 12 more now, so this was probably about four years ago. So I remember that number 16 being in my head. It's like, wow, I don't think I can do this for another 16 years in the same way that I've been doing it because it's killing me you know i mean i became a priest over 33 years ago to be a pastor that's the only reason i became a priest i wanted to be a pastor a shepherd uh, to god's people uh, to teach them and and encourage them and to sanctify them through the sacraments to teach them how to know jesus to guide them uh, and to be with them in their lives that's that's why i became a priest and now you, you, you get thrust into this office of bishop. You know, it's funny because I was visiting in this pastoral visit. You know, I'm visiting the schools and I visit all the classrooms. I love doing that. And I always I just go into the classroom. I just let, let the kids ask questions. And, uh, and certainly in every school, and almost I would say in every classroom, people, kids will ask, well, why did you want to become a bishop? You know, and I, I give them an answer. And then, of course, I explain. I said, well, the fact is I didn't want to become a bishop. And they look at me like, what? And you know, I said, it doesn't happen that way in the church. You know, it's not something you apply for. <laughs> you don't right. put in an application to be a bishop. Right. You're chosen. And you don't even know you're being considered to be a bishop, mm-hmm. quite honestly. But anyway, uh, of course, I love being a, a bishop. But, uh, you know, I, so I didn't, you know, it wasn't on my radar when I was ordained a priest that I would be a bishop. I just wanted to be a pastor. And I, and that so that, that part of my heart... that that just wants to be with people, that loves people, that just wants to shepherd people, be available to them, love them, listen to them, share life with them, was missing. And I needed to do something about it. So that's when I started these pastoral Mm -hmm. visits. So, gosh, I don't know if this is 18 or 19 of these visits that I've done. Uh, COVID slowed me down, certainly. And so we take a little cluster of usually around five parishes at a time, and I visit for a week. So I literally get out of the office, get out on the road, be with the people for uh, uh, up to a week, usually five places. The visits typically consist of um, I, I try to have mass in all the parishes in the region. In the parishes, you know, I have mass every day somewhere. Sometimes on this last visit, I had three masses on Sunday and felt like a real pastor again, you <laughs> right. know, having, having busy that busy schedule. Sunday schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I visit, I have masses in the parishes, I sometimes visit with parish staff uh, with their pastor. Sometimes I visit with uh, the the Pastoral Council, Finance Council, and other uh, leaders of the parish organizations. Um, I do town hall meetings where I just have an open reception with all of the people in the parish or the region and just... Uh, spend time with them, answering their questions and listening to their concerns, and also for them to tell me the great things that are going on in their parishes. I tell them I don't want to just all the the problems. Let's let's hear the good the yeah. good stuff that's going on here too. I visit the schools if they have schools, and and often with the, with the uh, staff and the faculty of the schools. But I, I like I said, I visit the classrooms always have a, a holy hour, a Eucharistic holy hour with the priests of the area, just us together in prayer before the Lord and then share a nice meal afterwards, a very informal, casual meal. Yeah, it's it's just a, a, a great, great time. Uh, and it just it makes me feel closer to the people and it gives me a sense of being able to exercise that spiritual fatherhood for them. And, you know, quite honestly, sometimes the some of the conversations are, are difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's not all you know yeah. sunshine and roses you know i mean right. uh, but that's what that's that's what i'm there for i'm mm-hmm. not there just to uh, you know have a good time myself uh, but also to really get to listen to the people and know what their concerns are, what are their what are their questions, what's on their minds, where where, what's causing them doubt or fear or confusion in the church today or in the world today, and and what do they want to know about, and and you know, and sometimes yeah, they ask more personal questions about me. They want to know me better. You know, I've had people ask me, well, what's your vocation story? You know, you know, and I love it again answering the the, the questions of of the children. So for me, it's a chance to just get in touch again with what it means to be a, a pastor. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, the bishop is supposed to be the pastor of all. Right. Uh, and as I said, I think this is the 18th or 19th visit, this the South Portland Vicariate visit that I just completed. And uh, I thought I was all finished and would start back over again from the beginning. But uh, my administrative assistant, Roseanne, reminded me that, no, I got one more to do, I think. I think I have one more. I think the Central Coast is, is the last one and by then I will have completed all the parishes uh, of the Archdiocese. And I told people—it's funny because I—gosh, I started this, what, three years ago? And uh, I told the i started in the south, in uh, South Oregon, Southern Oregon, uh, the Central Point, Medford, uh, Ashland, uh, Grants Pass, Roseburg area. Uh, I told them, I said, okay, when I finish around the Archdiocese, I said, I'm not going to check this off my list and say, okay, did that, Oh, uh, I said I'm going to circle back. right back around. I'm going to start <laughs> all over right. again, and and right. go and go in the same order yeah. again. I, I thought, I quite honestly, I thought I'd be back much sooner. I didn't think it would take this long, you know. To be honest, I, I really didn't think it was going to take this long. But when you take five parishes at a time, you got yeah. 124 parishes, and you got you can you know I can't do this every week. I can't even really do it every month, you know. So I, I, I'm doing I think about six a year. Uh, about every couple months, I do one. Because uh, you know there is a there is a lot of administrative mm-hmm. work, and I, I I can't be you know completely you know, pulled away from from the other things that I need to tend to. But this has been life giving for me, and I hope it's been life giving for the people. I think it has. I think what, what what people share with me is is they just appreciate my presence, they appreciate the, the my at least attempt to show my love and care and concern for them, my interest in them, and to listen to their concerns and questions and. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, generally I, I, I've gotten a very, a very good response from yeah. the people for doing this.
0: I think it's incredible. And just to see the church at work, you know, the church at work, Jesus didn't leave us alone. Mm-mm. He gave us that Holy Spirit. And then through the bishops and through the apostles of the church continuing to say, I love you. I, w- I want to teach you. I want to draw you closer to myself. And then I want to send you out, equip you as we talked <laughs> about before to go out and to bring more in, into my family, into my heart. But we have to be transformed and to see that you represent Jesus Christ to us here in this local church. Uh, It's powerful. And, And what about that relationship with the priest? Because you do have that beautiful bond. You have that responsibility. And he's there trying to administer and the school and all of the balancing of the budget and the ministering to those who are sick. I mean, all of the different things. But you can also, as you is your heart yearns for that pastoring. You can walk with that pastor yeah. in that daily that, life. That's
2: a big part of, of these pastoral visits as well as you know, and I, I don't want to you know, I mean I'm 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 called to be the shepherd, the pastor, the bishop, the spiritual father to all of the faithful in, in, in Western Oregon. So that's all of our all, all of the, the laymen and women our, our consecrated religious that are serving here and living here are our, our wonderful permanent deacons. And, but the but the priests have a special bond with me and and um, that's just the way Jesus set things up quite honestly. I mean, you think about this, and I often think about this that you know Jesus had all the disciples that he was caring for and loving and teaching and healing uh, uh, but then he knew that he had to begin to prepare for his coming passion, death, and resurrection, and that he was had to prepare for the establishment of the church. Uh, and he had to prepare for setting the church up to continue his healing salvific ministry to the world. So how did he do that? Well, after spending a night in prayer, he came down from the mountain, and then he called from all the disciples. He called 12, uh, the 12 apostles, and he drew them closer to himself. He spent, they lived with him. They traveled with him, they got to know his heart better than anyone else because these were the men who were going to carry on his ministry and uh, in, in, in his name and lead the church and spread the gospel to the, to the, to the world. And so, uh, you know, Jesus had a special bond with the apostles. In fact, he had a special bond with three of them. You know, uh, Peter, James, and John, there was a special relationship that Jesus had with those three. One, you know, he would set up to, to lead the church to another he would entrust his his mother from the cross. So there's nothing wrong with with having those that are are pulled in a little closer to you for for the sake of a mission, not just for a sense of favoritism, but for sake the sake of the mission that Jesus has mm-hmm. given us. And I think that's the relationship that's how I look at my relationship with the priests. Is that I'm I'm supposed to have a special relationship with them mm-hmm. because they are the ones with me that are helping to minister the love and the mercy of Jesus and the care of Jesus for his people as shepherds. And they have to know my heart, mind and heart as well. We have to have a true relationship of trust. They, they act in, in communion with me. They act actually under my authority and under my, my supervision, under my direction even, so they have to know me better. I have to have a special relationship with them. So these part of these pastoral visits, I, I, I failed to mention that earlier, Is I do one-on-one meetings with mm-hmm. each of the priests during these times uh, just to check in with them. Yeah. No no agenda, just how are you doing? How, are you doing okay here? You know, uh, what's going on here in the parish that you want me to know about? What's going on with you? How's your prayer life? Mm-hmm. How's your relationship with Jesus? Is there anything I can do to help you or support you? Uh, you know, and, and so it's a, it's a one-on-one bonding time, too. And then the time, as I said, that we spend in time prayer together and share a good meal together. And and then it's fun to go with them to their people, you know, to stand beside them as we talk to their people or, or they they accompany from classroom to classroom in, in the schools. And I can point to the pastor, to the children and say, okay, now he's your pastor here locally, but, you know, I'm also a, a spiritual father to you as well. And, you know, we work together, you know, so I can before the people and before the children yeah. especially, just demonstrate what is that relationship between the, the bishop and, and, and his priest. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I just That's a that's an important part of these visits.
0: It's huge. I know at least I looked at the list of what you were able to do, and there was an Andrew dinner tied yeah. into all of this. I mean, with all the different kinds of things you try to do at these visits to have an opportunity to be with young men who may yes. be discerning or praying. Talk a little oh, bit about that this dinner.
2: This is the largest Andrew dinner I've ever had. Mm. in almost 18 years as a bishop. Wow. This is the largest Andrew dinner I've ever had. We had 38 young men and boys at this dinner. What an Andrew dinner is, is the bishop comes and the priests of the area invite young men from their parishes mm. that they think might have a, a openness to a vocation to the priesthood. Not This isn't at the level of this guy definitely has a vocation to the priesthood and this is serious discernment. It's more like, You've got some gifts and talents. You've got some abilities. You seem to have some interest. I think you might be open to, to a priestly vocation. So at least come and hear about it. Yeah. So it's an Andrew dinner because Andrew, uh, after spending some Peter. time with Jesus, <laughs> ran to get his brother to bring him to Jesus. So that's the idea here is we priests right. who have come to know Jesus as priests, now we run to our younger brothers and say, here, come meet Jesus. And so it's an evening. Right. We, we, we came together for a holy mass. And then after the mass, we we have a nice meal together with the bishop and the priests of the area and the young men and boys who have come to the dinner, and then we just we talk to the boys. Uh, We share our some of us will share our own vocation story, how we came to know we were called to the priesthood. Then we like to open it up just for their questions, and they had great questions. You know, they ask about the priestly life. They ask about some of the challenges of the priestly life. They ask about what is it like to be in the seminary? What's required? What about this? What about that? You know, it's it's a great opportunity, and that's how we kicked off this pastoral visit. Actually, at Christ the King, Uh, Monsignor Syak hosted us there at the parish, and like I said, we had 38, and I got to sit at a table with, with uh, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five boys, and well, older boys, teenage boys, and and uh, uh, two brothers, and and. Just loving to chat with them and what's going on in your life. So the, the, the part of the idea too is for them to to spend some time with priests and with the bishop even, and realize you know we're not some distant figure or or some something that like superhuman or, 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 or inhuman. You know we're just we're just we're just normal men who have have embraced this vocation as called by God to serve God's people and and uh, to bring Christ to others, but. We're just, in many ways, just ordinary guys, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, how fascinated uh, the kids are when, 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 they find out you, you kind of do some normal things that the other people do, and normal things do that, you know. I mean, they're, uh, they're really blown away, if you will, when they learn that, uh, you know, I ride a motorcycle, you know, and it's like oh, you're kidding. You know, the Archbishop, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. I'm, the, I'm the guy up there with the pointy hat and the big staff and all looking so formal at mass and everything, or that I go to the gym, you know, and, and, and have fun and go on vacations and have a family that I spend time with that, and, and, and siblings and nieces that, that give me a hard time, you know, and, right. you know, in other words, we we, we, we have a normal, joyful life, you know, not, not that, that sounds weird. I mean, that, that that being a priest would prevent you from that. But I think in some right, people's minds, in some young mm-hmm. people's minds, the priestly life looks pretty austere and maybe pretty boring and lonely. Right. And uh, you know, it's good for them to see that. No, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with each other, and and enjoy each other's company. We have fraternity and brotherhood, and and joke with each other. And they love to see us teaching each other, mm-hmm. the priest and the bishop in front of uh, in front of them. You know, they they, they like to see the, the camaraderie and the, yeah. and the and the and the joyful spirit that that we exude. And so that's that's really important to help them be open. You know, to to a priestly vocation.
0: Absolutely. And when you talk about that, I just think about the men at Mount Angel. Abbey Seminary, and I think about the soccer and the games and the fun and, uh, you know, of course the prayer, but there is this camaraderie, and if, if anybody gets a chance to just go and visit for a day, mm-hmm. if you've never been to the seminary, just to walk the grounds when, when the men are there studying, get a sense, uh, these are men who just want to, they love the Lord mm-hmm. and they're asking him, well, guide me. Yeah, And and they've got all sorts, of, it's calligraphy, writing an icon, mm-hmm. to writing a book, to uh, playing an instrument or singing in the choir, all these different talents. But number one is Christ, mm-hmm. a relationship with Christ. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. No, I was very pleased. I, and, and I know there are, because I've known some of these boys for some time, and uh, they've served for me over, over the last few years. And uh, we've got some various... I, in fact, I've run into... A number of the boys, like I said, that I already knew, that happened to be at the dinner, and I run into them in other places serving for me, even even later that week, and uh, asked them, "Well, what'd you think?" You know. Mm -hmm. And uh, to a man, they were like, "Wow, that was really interesting." And I had one boy; he's a little more open to the thought of possibly going. I had another; I had two young young men say, "Yeah, I I I think I want to do this." And I had two men approach me, older men. Older by, by by that I mean in the twenties because some of these kids were teenagers say they want to come on the Archbishop's discernment mm-hmm. retreat in January you know they're they're that serious now about taking that next step of of more seriously discerning so yeah. so please everybody pray for us on uh, the first weekend the in first January weekend of I think January. It's, I think it's January fifth through the seventh mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a quick look mm-hmm. here because uh, we're I'm gonna be gathering yeah January fifth through the seventh I'll be gathering at uh, Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center out in Beaverton. Uh, and with uh, some serious discerners. So these yeah. are these are a little bit, usually 18 or older, who are are, are a little more serious about their discernment. And, and this retreat often is, is what gets them uh, over the hump uh, of, of yeah. being able to say, yeah, I, I think I should give this a shot.
0: Right. And I think as you're talking about you coming and entering into the parish world, it reminds me that our family life, our parish life, our faith life—it's not compartmentalized. And in the world today, there's a push to put your church over there. Right. But who we are is whose we are. We are God's children, yeah. and so I think you bringing um, your office, that role, that fatherhood—it reminds us that I don't just go to mass and that's it. But but mass in Christ, my relationship with these people—it's part of my whole life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, the, that's what the dismissal at the end of Mass means. You right, know. go and proclaim the gospel of the Lord. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. By your words, life, you know. It's it's and those you know it used to just be "ite misa est" in Latin. Go, the fourth, the Mass is ended. You know, it's like no. There's the "ite misa est." Go, you know, the Mass is accomplished. It's been done. Now go,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: Pope Benedict introduced those new dismissals at the end of Mass. Uh, go and announce the gospel of the Lord, uh, go, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life, to remind us that we're being sent forth from the Eucharist. Uh, you know, we, don't, we, didn't, we didn't leave our church and our faith behind mm-hmm. in the church, and that's the only place we do this. We don't compartmentalize it. We're supposed to be sent forth from the sacred liturgy, from the Holy Mass, to go out now and to live the gospel, live the mystery that we have just celebrated.
0: Yeah, and that is the good news that is the good news as we're in this Christmas season, uh, the new year. Again, I want to mention that Archbishop's annual vocations retreat the first weekend of January. If you know somebody who's been talking about, hmm, get a hold of the vocations office, right. Father Peter, Julia, they'll, the office staff will set you yeah, up. As
2: we're, as we're taping this, I'm not even sure what, what, what date this is going to broadcast.
0: It'll be the week Two weeks before. Okay, yeah.
2: so as we're as you're listening to us right now, then it's two weeks before the retreat. It's not too late.
0: It's not too late. It's not too late.
2: <laughs> too late. We we often have those last minute uh, comers onto the retreat. That happens every year.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: And uh, yeah. So encourage if, if any of you listening uh, are interested, uh, contact the vocations. We need a. Either, either somebody that, that Father Peter and I already know and have had some contact with, or we need a recommendation of your From pastor, your pastor. Uh, to come on the retreat, uh, because you know, we really want to deal with, uh, on this retreat, with serious discerners, men who are are, are really open to, to discerning whether this is what God wants them to do, and who already have sort of identi- been identified by their pastors as having some of the requisite human uh, skills and, and, and that necessary for, for priestly ministry. Yeah.
0: Well, we are excited yeah. for the new year, uh, looking forward to what this Christmas season, uh, how it will bless us and bless this Archdiocese of Portland. So as we come to a close, and I just want to give you an opportunity to make that final message of a Christmas message, because this will be yeah. aired during the yeah. Christmas season.
2: Right. I, you know, just uh, just a reminder to all of you— um, of, of, you know, uh, somebody, one, one of the children asked me uh, in, in the school, I said, and it was, I can remember it clearly because I was like r- walking out of the classroom. I said, one last question. <laughs> uh, I said, what is your question? He says, what is your favorite scripture passage? And of course, I've got tons of them. Right. But, you know, it's like, okay, what was the first thing that came to my mind? The first thing that came to my mind was John 3.16. And this is the message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. I would rephrase it for you, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Make it very personal. God so loved you, you and you alone, individually. God so loved you that he gave his only son, so that if you will believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. This is what the mercy and love of God at Christmas comes to bring you, new life, freedom, peace in christ and one day eternal life
0: amen well with that would you please close with your blessing
2: and may the blessing of almighty god the father the son and the holy spirit come down upon all of you and your families and loved ones at this holy time of the year and be with you throughout this new year and forever
1: amen
0: amen and we want to thank you for joining us once again for the voice of the shepherd invite you to join us again next week for archbishop alexander sample i'm dina marie have a blessed blessed day
1: You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through maturadayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.